Hi, challengers, and welcome to episode three of our special bonus season of the show. I hope you all are staying safe and healthy. Today on the podcast, I'll be talking with my husband, producer, director, father, my shelter-in-place buddy, Brad Silberling. Brad joined me to talk about the current state of the world and what it's been like to quarantine together as a family and with me. We also take some very special questions from you. Let's dive in. So I think this is week four. I think I've heard people say five. I have to go five. Back. I mean, I feel like that. Yeah, that first day. All I all I will tell you is on March 9th, um, two things happened. One is uh, I we went to the premiere of Mulan and I got my eyelashes done. Both seem like from another time, same sort of old timey. Uh, so that's sort of the beginning of my kind of liturgical clock. So it's about, a, about four to five weeks that, that we've been into this. Um, how's it going? <laughs> how's it going for you? It is, uh, it's okay. It's, it's moments of feeling like we're in a groove. I'm talking globally, not us, but, and then within minutes just kicked in the butt. Um, I'm in the middle of some work that is virtual, like everybody, I'm, I'm mixing a pilot right now, cross country, it's happening in New York. And it's just nightmarish in terms of creatively getting the work done. What is nightmarish? The technology. Just getting everybody sunk up in the technology, everybody getting to hear the same thing, getting to speak and to not speak over each other, internet speeds, availability, all of it. It's just what could be done so quickly in person is just not happening. Um, right. So Brad, for those of you that don't know, is uh, an incredible writer, director, and producer. We produce together. We produce some children and some TV shows. <laughs> we like to produce things. Um, so for both of us, production, as with many businesses, is grand to a halt. Um, however, post-production um, and writing is also happening. So we're able to do some of that. Yeah, it's basically like everybody is having internet game nights right now. Imagine that game night on Zoom, but your your important life's work <laughs> is being... Right. No, it's crazy. It's a, So it, it is actually remarkable what one is able to do. It's great, but it is, but you know, it's funny. I was thinking, uh, I had this thought twice in the last couple of days. We watched the incredible offering of Saturday night live when everybody was in their homes and then also church. Um, you guys who follow me know I love my church, all Saints Pasadena. And it's like, we, we don't have, we, we, this is all relatively new technology, not new technology, but you know, for the common usage. So people look really humble. Like nobody, like the, the filters, the Instagram filters, like people haven't figured out how to do that on zoom. So everybody looks pretty normal. It's really sort of sweet and humble. Like there's just no way to, to be glamorous and do this. But somebody's going to invent that, right? I mean, somebody's going to say like, oh, have your clip light and then you look fabulous or fill in. or sure, you know. that's happening. Um, but for right now, it does feel like even though it's not brand new technology, it's it's new to a lot of us and we're yeah. just sort of figuring it out. Yeah, I think, um, well, a couple things. One is um, in in many parts of the world, and I can be a proud Californian and say this, 
that the social distancing is working. I mean, I, I, a couple of weeks ago, I would literally, it's like, is there Santa Claus? I would, I wouldn't type in before I went to sleep, what are the death rates and what are the infection rates? But I would say, is social distancing working? And two weeks ago, what would Google, my friend Google would spit up is like, it's too early to tell. And now it's not too early to tell. And I feel very proud and committed and obviously for myself and my family. But I had this thought the other day, I don't know if I told you this, you know, I try to keep some things private because of <laughs> Anyway, the thought, here's the thought that I had. The thought that I had was, you know, I've been through challenges, everybody has at this point. Um, and I thought, God, I wish it was like in six months, you know, you're, it's going to be really tough in six months. And then, but then I thought, wow, maybe if, if it was six months, then we'd start making our plane tickets for six months plus one day. Like there would be some piece of us that wouldn't really have to be in this existential moment of the, I don't know, because our, my ego and my plan planner and my controlly part would just say, Oh, six months, I can do six months, you know, but this is, um, you can't quite do that. I mean, you can't quite do it. So it's just best effort, right. And hope and, yeah, it's tricky. I mean, obviously, for an economy, the the un the unknown is impossible. Um, I think for health, that you have to go day by day, and and instead of setting benchmarks that then get upset or make people feel like they're not, you know, holding up to their word, it's it's a really interesting thing for ambitious adults to say, "I don't know. I'm not sure when." Let's see. Those aren't words that usually come out of people who are like super type A, super plan-y. But like yeah. you're developing a TV show now. It is part of you. I mean, I know the answer to this because I know you and I, we're pretty similar. But is there any pessimistic part of like, oh, fuck it. Like, I don't, no. I don't feel like investing because I have no idea when this is going to happen. No. if Because development is like, <laughs> yeah, half the time it falls apart. There's no virus. You've defined development. Exactly. <laughs> That's not an issue. <laughs> no, I think for production, if you were halfway through your movie when the when yeah. the music stopped and you were waiting to to pick up and start shooting again. Well, I feel that way. Sure, because it happens right. to you guys. I that's one thing. No, development is development, meaning everybody can sit on a Zoom, spitball, have a a story conversation. A writer can go off and start writing. I don't have, I, I'm not pessimistic enough to think there will never be film production again. I don't think this is an event that has no ending. I think it is just, it, it's, there's so many wild cards. It, physical film production is the most intimate activity one can imagine in a collaborative effort. There's hundreds of people within inches of each other in, in the Petri dish of a soundstage. So you can't, you can't, safely do that right now so that's the big question is when can you safely do that again or theaters sure or movie theaters or or... Is not symphonies maybe not but obviously all of what we're talking about sports uh, being a fan in a environment so but do i think that's it for good of course not i think you know the minds of the world are definitely working on their vaccines it's just the question is between now and that point uh, i don't know when when you hear people say this 
everything will be different after that. Everything will never be the same. What do you think about that? No, the, the, what the after, I don't think the after will ever be the same, but I think. In what way though? Like if, because what you and I keep talking about is, I mean, there's certain terrible systemic in our country, like things that need to be rectified environmentally and economically and just, you know, Mm -hmm. at the same time, the reason that things are changed right now is because this out of left, not totally out of left field to the epidemiologist, but for the lay person, it, it suddenly everything's changed, not because of anything humans were doing differently because something, you know, like right. a meteorite. So do you think people's are gonna, people are just in that instance, like, I don't care, I want it to go back. Or like we talk a lot about environmentally that the breath the earth is taking right now is notable from every point of the globe. Do you think that there will be changes like, wow, we want bluer skies and maybe that means we halt production a little bit or do you think people are just going to want to go back 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 i think it's all the above which is you're always going to have a group who would love to run ah, again i come back to like a, a loss situation it's like somebody loses a key loved one friends around that oh wow when are you going to be back to the person you were before with us we're staying over here right that person may have gone to the spot where, wow, my life is completely shifted. Um, and I don't know if I can just jump back to that thing. I think all are true. So you're gonna have people, hello, the administration who are desperate to get back, get the- Because they, they think they had a good thing going. And, absolutely. Yeah. And then you're gonna have a whole other situation where there's gonna be trauma too. And sometimes trauma can be helpful. There's gonna be trauma. People's sense memory of suddenly, everything turning and having to go into this quarantine and having to, so the, the, there will be many days I bet when people are back to it and thinking, well, I'm going to get my Starbucks. I'm standing five inches from the guy mm-hmm. next to me. And then having a bit of a, an internal clutch, you know, which is at least a memory emotionally of what we're going through. And they may recognize that they're missing, that they can't see the Himalayas or that they can't see the sky. Um, I think both will be true. I do think people will come away with discoveries in terms of their patterns that they realize that they were missing. I mean, some of the things that it by forcibly being together in terms of family or meals or chores or whatever it is, things that got demystified, things I always thought, oh, I can't handle that. It's too much for me. You know, like you've set up our whole IT system. It's amazing what you've done. Oh, I thought you were going to say something nice. Yeah, I was. I was yeah, teasing. Were. I was teasing. Um, no, but no, but but I was. I had an image of you. You know, it's like anything. We're we're trying to be wise about keeping. It's just the family. It's truly just stay at home. It's the family. When we're both working and we're like this, there's there's more support around us. That support's not here now, uh, and we've as it should be, and it's exciting. And you you're you've been doing amazing things literally here in the home that that otherwise you or I wouldn't be doing. Well, we, and I will say, um, you know, our kiddos are, are really different. Like we, we're all really close, but we're not always close as a foursome. You know what I mean? And we talk a lot about like separating, you know, okay, Brad will take Charlotte and do something. I'll take Bodie and do something. Um, 
So we've never spent this much time, just the four of us with nobody else around, sort of no escape hatch. And and not in a, an artificial vacation situation. Right. Yeah. And it's that part's gone remarkably well, actually. I'm pretty blown away by our oh, kids. I think people are going to miss it. Yeah. I think people are going to have an actual ache for that part of this experience. People are going to miss that. That's huge. I'm not loving the homeschooling, but... Okay, let's answer some questions, Brad. Sure. Well, I'm interested in that. What's what's the hardest part of quarantine in the family? I th- I would say any social organism. Everyone takes turns. You go on a trip to Europe with two friends. Somebody takes turn takes a turn being the jerk, <laughs> you know, and the other two get controlling. It, it's sort of what we think of, like with with good di- crowd dynamics or relationship dynamics. It's true here, and so. On the positive part, somebody's going to always be sort of quietly freaking out. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like that's the slogan for the quarantine. Someone's always going to be quietly freaking out. So this morning, you know, it was good. This morning was Charlotte. It was real. And she was just like, I don't, I just want to be back with my friends. I want to be back at school. I can't deal. And wouldn't you say just give or take somebody takes that role on each day i had it early i remember having it one day where i got just down and you were amazing you're like it's gonna be okay and while you know that you have to be given permission to be down yeah and you do kind of take turns it's not like we have a rule book but kind of okay emily asks have you faced any hardships being together 24 7 I know I've been bickering a bit with my quarantinis. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it's such a good question. I mean, I feel like one of the secrets to our marriage is we spend a lot of time apart. <laughs> um, we have careers that we really like. We have outside friends. It's always, we're totally fine with each other going off. And I mean, I was supposed to be in Morocco right now for two months. That was a little too long, but we're used to that. Um, so not I it it's surprisingly okay I don't know like I that that's a long winded I was I would think like how do we are we getting on each other's nerves I but would say the I would say in the first I don't know if you found this I think when the first twenty four to thirty six hours we really quickly hit a moment where it's like oh wow everybody in this family is controlling <laughs> it's part of the success story no it's totally true everybody in this family is controlling and. <laughs> That has to get navigated really quickly. Yeah, it was the first morning. There was like three different ways that something had to happen. <laughs> it's not just us, the kids too. Right. And I remember cracking up going, wow, this could get really long really quickly. Yeah. And actually it's gotten better yeah. since then because it was like recognized right away. And I think, yeah. Okay. Gray says, how can you tell in the early stages of a relationship that someone might be a good match to live with? No guarantees. I you, you lived with somebody before we got married. I, I, I never. <laughs> you lived with a lot of people. You said I did. Oh. <laughs> I feel like I was constantly moving in with people. That's awesome. <laughs> I <good>. mean, <laughs> you're like, no, no, but I had a more transient life than you did. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> in a tra- in a traditional sense. I mean, other than. In New York, you did well. That's not that's true. You did, you did, you had a few of those. I, I, I did not. And so, to answer the question, I mean, I, I think it's just this. It's the same gut feeling you have about if you are enjoying being with this person moment to moment. 
even if your styles are different, can they somehow be compatible? And in the end, even when you kind of do this, are you happy to to try to get to solutions? But I had never, I didn't have any desire to move in prior to. Um, well, I well the living with thing is interesting because I I mean all jokes aside, like I had lived with a couple people, but knew in my heart I wouldn't have married them. Brad, I knew I wanted to marry, but I was really enjoying my apartment. I had a really good apartment, and I think I mean the one thing I would add to what you said is the the amount of time of independent time that each person needs has to be pretty compatible because it would be well, it's, it's very hard if for sure. one person enjoys much more contact and feels dissed if you know they don't go to the party. I mean, I just think that has to be well matched. Otherwise you're going to be. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Um, and I also think you find solutions. I mean, I would say unconsciously at least 18 years ago, if not, we kind of got to that thing where for, this is less about living together than just functioning well with diff, with some distinctions in your personalities, parties, like a big party. We will sometimes take two cars because I'm going to kind of hit the wall earlier than you. Usually, a little bit. Well, I'm social, but I'm social. Um, it's <laughs> there's certain <laughs> folks I want to be social with, and there's certain folks I do not want to be social. With. I also just, I'll, I yeah, I will blow through faster. And so, rather than one being tortured or the other, it's like awesome. Give yourself an escape yeah, hatch. Right. We do do that. We do. We do a lot of stuff separately. Um, Kathy asks, "What do you do to keep entertained as a family?" Well, we do we do different things. I mean, we're watching a lot of things, obviously, because there's a lot of good stuff to watch. But um, you haven't done this. I wanted Brad because he's an incredible cinephile and has great taste to put together the Brad Silverling uh, Quarantine Film Festival. I have. I have. Put together the I, I can post make it this. post yeah. yeah I mean it started out with because as you guys know I was shooting with Jeff Bridges who I'm trying to find um, to bring him on because you guys would love him and I felt like a bad collaborator I'd seen a lot of his movies but not all of them so it started out as the Jeff Bridges Film Festival so we saw Cutter's Way um, well you looked at last picture show last picture show but we're also it's good we're, we're the games thing is. Occasional, but really fun. We, we, Amy and I started, we learned like 20 years ago, 18 years ago, to play Rummy Cube, just that title game. They look, they're very satisfying. They look like, um, they almost look like, whatchamacallit, Tyler. Well, like, yeah, yeah. They, they look like Dominus, but it's like playing Gin Rummy and it's very competitive and it's great. And so we played that like one of the first nights of one time. Um, family game. Probably, no. <laughs> I've been playing a lot of I've been playing a lot of games on Zoom with other friends. Yeah, doing it tonight. Yeah, yeah. This is cool. Madison says, "What are you most looking forward to when this is all over?" Oh, there you go. I think it's I do think it's to not forgetting this. I think it's to not forgetting it. I think it's like suddenly they throw open the door, and everything can be technicolor, but you have to remember the preciousness of a little bit of color before. I, 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 that's my instinctual instant answer. Um, that said, the, the enjoyment of sitting beside strangers in a movie theater, the enjoyment of sitting beside strangers at a restaurant, being elbow to elbow on a beach by accident, all those sorts of things that you don't want to have to worry about that are again, it's like invisible community. It's community that is there. It's incidental, but awesome. You know? 
<clears throat> yeah, I mean, I do. Th I think you know this really is a dry run for um, the kind of changes and the way we need to think as we approach um, climate change. Um, you know, climate change binds us all together too, and yet because of economic stuff, you know, and and people want to go into denial. Um, but this is the same thing. We are interdependent. You know, if 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 there's a treaty for CO2 emissions and one country doesn't do it, it's sort of like having, you know, somebody pee in the pool. It's like, it doesn't matter if everybody else is. So yeah, I like, I liked your first answer too. Um, I was supposed to be away these two months, which is, would have been, is uh, our daughter's uh, last couple months of high school and getting her ready for her new program, which involves, you know, moving away from us. And I was thinking how grateful I am to be around for that time and processing um, her, her leaving the nest. And of course, in busy, busy life, you know, we would have managed and you were home and we, she has a great therapist. And, but um, it's really important mothering moments, you know. All right. Uh, okay, we're gonna end, we're gonna, so on the regular podcast, um, the one that Brad, graced me with appearing on. Um, a lot of the stories are about getting challenged by something, feeling really isolated. That's often, almost always part of the story. And then finding other people that have experienced that challenge. Why I wanted to do this podcast now is because it's one of the only times I can think of we are all being challenged at the same time by the same thing in different ways, but we are all being challenged. So. Um, so we had this idea to, to wrap it out by saying we are challengers because why are you? Why are we challengers? That's why. Why? Sitting in this. Like just sitting in the in the question and sitting in the silence. That's it. Okay. Really love you guys. Um, for those of you living in uh, quarantined in an unsafe place, um, what it, let's say, what does All Saints say? Reach out to, um, honestly, reach out to my Facebook page. I mean, I will steer you in the right direction. Um, I, nobody should be isolated and scared. And I know that's easy to say, but um, my heart keeps going there to places, to homes where it's not safe. So um, reach out to who you can reach out to. And if you don't know who else, uh, come find me on the Facebook Challengers page. Okay? Amen. All right. Love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to this very special episode of The Challengers. Remember, if you'd like to join us for the weekly live episodes of the show, you can like my Facebook page or for more exclusive Challengers content and information, you can join the Challengers Facebook group. Links to both of those are in the description of this episode. In closing, please remember to stay positive, stay hopeful, and do your part by staying inside. This too shall pass. Thank you.